going on guys it's your boy matt st jack whether you're an avid anime fan a wee tadpole still finding your way or anywhere in between i'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new think yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in i know you can't wait to hear and i can't wait to tell so let's get to it this is matt st jack with anime talk let's go I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to the Halloween edition of Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters and the scariest podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, scary movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from Haddonfield, Haddonfield, Illinois. And yes, my friends, we are definitely smoking that herb and we are 420 friendly. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And once again, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Woo. Yep, it is Halloween, everybody. We, we should be, we're, we're recording this kind of early, actually over a month early, but by the time uh, this comes out, it'll be Halloween. Uh, we'll be re- releasing it on Halloween. So what other movie could we have done than another Halloween movie, right? Of course. Yeah, exactly. We we had to go back to Michael Myers. I mean, Netflix is going to pick up another series. You know that, right? Something like that. I mean, maybe made by A24 or something like that. I mean, supposedly that's who's getting the... Uh, that's who's actually getting the uh, TV rights. But, yeah, tonight we are talking about Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which is apparently quite the fan favorite, Right. It really is. Like, people can always go back to part four and five and still have fun with that whole cult of the thorn thing, you know? Absolutely. And this movie is actually probably one of the better representations of a uh, Halloween sequel in its purest form. Like, for one, we get a, uh, we get a more mystical uh, take on, uh, on Michael Myers. Th- this is where the shape starts to become even more supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean we get we get like the best Loomis. We get uh, of course Danielle Harris in her uh, debut role. Introducing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean we watched this movie the other night and I've been watching reviews and I've been uh also uh, listening to podcasts on this and yeah, this movie really made an impact. Yeah, and I, I want to say it's one of the better Halloween sequels. Um, like, like you said, I think this is where they're starting to go into the supernatural territory, but not quite. They're just kind of hinting at it, you know? And, and But I, I definitely feel like this movie, in a lot of ways, tried to um, bring back what made the 
original great. And, and you can definitely tell because, I mean, Halloween Part 2 takes place the same night um, as a continuation of those, of, of those events, you know, directly. Uh, and, of course, we get the, the death of Ben Tramer. May his soul rest in peace in this time. Oh, in this timeline, yes, Ben Tramer <laughs> does not live. We we can confirm that. But he sneaks in in the school for a second ride with that mask. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. We, we were talking about this. Oh yeah, that's that, that's right. With we, the white we, mask. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the weird masks here in a little bit because that that's a huge point of contention for this movie. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, that was Ben Tramer there. They, uh, he, this is a huge huge thing with this movie, honestly, and with the Halloween sequels, it's totally a thing, and we'll get to that, but. Uh, first off, let's go ahead and give our initial, uh, our initial thoughts on this movie. Robert? Huh. Like Ash said, it's a fun movie to watch. I mean, uh, it picks off of almost nine years later after, uh, part two, you know, the original night it happened. And, uh, apparently he was in a coma the whole time when he caught him on fire, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it does pick up after the uh, the ending of Halloween 2. And there's a yeah. really good reason for that. It's because of the uh, the financial failure of Halloween 3. Yeah. I mean, Halloween 3 was uh, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter's uh, huge uh, gamble. I mean, they were just like, look, we're done with Michael Myers. We're, we're done with that. Let's go ahead and try something different with the franchise. And sure enough, uh, they made Halloween 3, which is attain cult, cult status in its own right. Season of the Witch. Yep, Season of the Witch. And that's a movie which we will be talking about in the future, I'm sure. I, I still feel like that's the direction that the film series should go in from now on. I mean, we've had like 12 films with Michael Myers. I feel like it's time to, to give the anthology thing a shot again. It absolutely is, especially if they're going the route of a television series, yeah. you know? If they're going that route, that actually really opens things up for an anthology uh, series. And also, I mean, you can even still maybe shoehorn Michael Myers in an episode maybe once or twice, you know? Maybe have it, have it go at different timelines or whatever. Yeah, you, you can even do a Michael Myers episode every now and again. Yeah, even Scream had... Uh their television show on uh, uh, MTV, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, a Halloween uh, TV series, and especially an anthology series, would be absolutely perfect. But yeah, Ash, what are your initial thoughts on this movie? Uh, so as I was saying, you know, this movie is picking up after Halloween 2, after Halloween 3, which they tried to do an anthology thing. It didn't really work then. Uh, so this was, uh, in many ways, I guess, a return to form. Uh, John Carpenter wasn't involved in the direction, although obviously his uh, famous score is still used, although it's used in the weirdest spot and not right where you would expect. It, 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 as the cinema snob puts it, too little, too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Exactly. <laughs> it's not bad. I, I like what they're doing with Daniel Harris. In fact, I kind of wish that they'd stuck with the ending that they did uh, end it with, you know, like what they were hinting at with, uh, uh, with, with uh, Jamie's character. But, uh, you know, the same thing that they did with uh, Tommy Jarvis in uh, <laughs> uh, Friday the 13th, right? Pretty much. And, and, I, and later on, I'll give my thoughts on that. But, yeah, I, I, I get what you were saying, Ash. For me, I mean, this movie, it is the better of the sequels, but 
I mean, I have a few issues with it. But, I mean, first, let's go ahead and get into the actual cast of this movie. I mean, this is actually not the worst uh, ensemble cast that, that we've had in these movies. It's Like, you actually do really kind of get a feel for what these characters are going through. Like, I mean, Rachel even has a little bit of an arc in, in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Donald Pleasance is just looking like, why am I, why did I get into one of these again? <laughs> oh, you can see it on his face, but you know, you can absolutely see it, but like, dude, you're the, you're the franchise, bro. You have to be in these, but he is absolutely, uh, him and Daniel Harris and the, uh, girl who played Rachel are absolutely like the, uh, they're the breakout characters of the, of this movie. And I, I think that it's really instrumental to why this, uh, this movie has had some, uh, some longevity and some staying power. Oh no, we got Margaret too from the buttercream gang. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a very young Margaret from the buttercream gang, uh, bullying Daniel Harris here. Yep. Calling the orphan and everything. Yeah, but let's talk about Daniel Harris's character a little bit, Jamie Lloyd. Jamie is actually Laurie's uh, Laurie's kid in this mm-hmm. in this part of the franchise, mm-hmm. and she her, she actually lost uh, her mom and her dad in a car accident, which is like. So, 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 yeah, they off-screened uh, Laurie Strode in this goddamn timeline. God damn it. Which I don't know. I don't know if that's mistake one. <laughs> I mean, to, to kill but, off the final girl, uh, the, the survivor of, of uh, two films off-screen in a car crash, I don't know. That, 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 that does rub you the wrong way, right? It's, it's not a great way to start it. See, ha- Halloween... Yeah, that's weird. Even Halloween H two O is a different timeline too. It's it's basically part four well, too. You know, Resurrection at least had the the balls to write write killer off on screen, right? <laughs> uh, which movie? Resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection did. Yeah, but also I was I, I was about to say that at least uh, at least like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two that had the balls to kill uh, the final girl from the last movie, like in the in the first uh, fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can I can get that, but Daniel Harris's performance, I mean, she she was only like she was like what, seven years old around this time, maybe eleven? Probably. Yeah. She was around seven. No, she's too young to be eleven. She's she was about seven years old for this. And she really gives a very emotionally compelling, uh very emotionally compelling performance, actually, especially for someone so young and in her first role. I mean really feel so badly for her throughout this whole thing and this whole ordeal it's like she's just i mean she's already broken you know she she starts off the movie having uh having some really really uh awful nightmares about her uncle uh about about her uncle uh michael myers coming back damn it yeah exactly to take the revenge to take the revenge, the revengeance. The revenge. The revengeance of Michael Myers. <laughs> but, I mean, Robert, I mean, Daniel Harris pretty much became an icon of this movie, right? I mean, yeah. what, are you, what are your feelings about her performance here? Um, yeah, I think she gave a pretty strong performance in uh, part four and five, even for being how old she is, you know what I mean? And... Technically, yes, yeah, she's she's the final girl, the scream queen too. I mean, she's done a lot of 
a lot of B-rated movies too that were just amazing too. Even like Hatchet's pretty cool, you know. Yo, yeah, Hatchet is amazing, and she, yeah, she plays a role in that movie. Yeah, and of course she's uh, she's Annie from uh, from the Rob Zombie's Halloween. The Rob Zombie's Halloween series. Yep. Um, that one, dude. I mean, forget part two. I mean, the first one's amazing, too. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like that kind of further cemented her status as a horror icon because out of that, we got uh, her podcast with Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah, that yep. that actually revamped her career, right? It did, and I mean, she's a darling of the festival circuit. She's always uh, at different festivals along with, like, Felissa Rose and whatnot. Yeah, so, I have... But, I have not met her yet. I'd wish I wish I could meet her, you know. Oh, it'd be it'd be really awesome to meet her. I mean, but in this movie, she's just uh, such a so sweet and innocent and but also so damaged and you just you just feel so badly for her. And and, and it's her delivery, her delivery of her performance is what really just kind of compounds that. You know, it it, it you're it, it's an actual arc, you know. I mean, th th this movie has, like, the best character arcs out of uh, all the Halloween sequels. Yeah. By far. Yeah, I like the the, the Vincent's drugstore where uh, she goes in and gets her costume, and it's, and it's like Michael Michaels when he was a kid, right? Now, see, this is where this movie starts to strain some credulity with me. I, it starts to strain my suspension of disbelief. It's like, okay, really? Are they? It's like, first of all, in this scene that we're talking about, it, it's it's on the TV right now at uh, Vincent's Drug. First of uh -huh. all, they're still selling the motherfucking Michael Myers masks, yep. the, the, the the shitty one. They're still selling that after ten years after the original massacre, where sixteen fucking people were killed in one night. Why is that thing still on the shelf? Why is it on the shelf? <laughs> Except they're they're all like not the right masks. They're this this movie's version of the uh, the Halloween one mask, which apparently was uh, was lost. Yeah, we, let's let's go ahead and get into that mask since it came up. I mean, like I said earlier, this is a huge, huge, huge point of contention with this movie. The mask in this movie is extremely fucking cheap looking, and, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> what happened is they initially ordered some masks because I mean I I think they couldn't really use the. Uh, they, they, they couldn't really use the original mask, you know, due to it being a Shatner mask, and I think that it was a rights thing. But what happened is the uh, masks that were shipped to them from the VFX company, they were flesh-toned with blonde hair. Like, they, they literally looked like uh, just a, a mask of a human being, you know? But the, the funny thing is, is, like, the, the, the VFX guy, the, the costume person or whatever, they just went ahead and had to spray paint the fucking... Uh, mask and dye the hair all over again so that's why the mask looks like this and i mean apparently there's a couple of shots in the movie where you can see the uh blonde hair flushed colored uh of uh, ben tramer yeah the ben tramer mask. it's ben tramer yeah, dude it's ben tramer it's like automatically just it, it, it absolutely is the ben dude tramer i'm telling mask. you he popped in from another multiverse I don't know. He, he had to <laughs> But yeah, that is something that Halloween fans apparently have been, they've been really, really pissed about how the quality of the masks, like even somewhat in like Halloween, uh, in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, you know, it's like they, they've even criticized those masks, you know, and I mean, for, for fuck's sake, that, that mask was so tattered by the end that, you know. Yeah, in part two, it was like half the face was missing. I was like, holy shit. Absolutely, yeah. But 
the other best character in this movie is, of course, Dr. Loomis, you know? But actually, hold on. I want to go back to something. That fucking, I want to go back to that fucking clown costume. That's where, that's where this movie strains credulity for me, is how the fuck are they, not only are they selling the, the, the Michael Myers mask, but they're, they're selling the exact same fucking clown costume that Michael wore when he killed his sister? That tore a whole town up, right? That tore a whole town up? Really? Are and, you fucking kidding me? And they just me? stuck it right back on the shows. <laughs> Seriously, with, 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 with no irony and no, no awareness whatsoever. <laughs> But okay, on to Dr. Loomis. Uh, Donald Pleasance himself, like, he himself has some interesting, uh, some interesting uh, visual effects flubs here. Like, he's supposed to be, like, very much scarred. You know, he's scarred emotionally, but also he's scarred physically. You know, he has basically a, uh, an apparatus on his face that's made to look like uh, scars. But apparently... Uh, the VFX guy, he said that th they had to do reshoots because this goddamn uh, makeup, it looked like a, uh, it looked like a runny egg down his face. And, and honestly, the, it was supposed to be a reshot and replaced, but you can still noticeably see this uh, makeup. Like we, we, we're seeing this right here in the uh, preacher's, in the preacher's truck. You could totally see the, uh, the, uh, sunny side up egg look on his face. Like he has a fried egg, uh, like, just slithering down his face or whatever. So you can still see that here and there. And, and I mean, of course, uh, Donald Pleasance was not pleased about that. Nobody was pleased about it. Fuck. But even so, he gives a very earnest performance as Loomis, and I would say probably even the franchise's uh, best version of Loomis. You think so? I mean, uh, Malcolm McDowell didn't do bad either, but... Yeah, I, I think so, absolutely. And you're not wrong, Robert. Malcolm yeah. McDowell was an interesting Loomis in his own right, even though he completely fucked it up in the second movie. Yeah, the second one. See, uh, yeah. in the first one, I liked how Brad Dourif and Malcolm McDowell played off each other. That was only right, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that, that was a good little dynamic. That was badass. Yeah, somehow Loomis and Michael survived the events of the second film. Uh, th they both have burn scars but it, it it still does scratch stretch a little bit of incredulity right <laughs> once again it really does i mean yeah it's like really how how did michael i mean how did michael survive and supposedly he was in a coma for like 10 years but i mean loomis as well like i mean how did he walk away from that with in one piece well i mean it's implied he doesn't he's he's a very very traumatized and very emotionally damaged man by this point Dude, I thought he died at the end of part two because when he lit that freaking lighter, it's time, Michael. And he blew the whole thing up. Absolutely. Dude, I, that's like, dude, what the hell? And in a way, I can see there there is a real finality to that ending, and that's why uh, Hill and Carpenter went on to do Halloween 3. Yeah. But Yeah, because, yeah, no, ex exactly, because they burnt Michael, and then they burnt Loomis, and... It was just Lori right at the end, right? Yeah. But here, like, Loomis comes back to Haddonfield, and he, he, he goes back to the, to the asylum, to the state hospital, and, of course, they're fucking transporting Michael on Halloween again uh, to, to another facility. And he's, he's literally showing up like, what the fuck are you people doing? Why didn't you call me and, and talk to me about this? 
Do you know what you're doing? And sure enough, uh, Michael, uh, whenever he uh, hears that uh, he has a niece, he reanimates and he goes in full killing mode and he causes an accident. But, you know, you could tell, like, like especially through uh, Donald Pleasance's performance, he really played him like, probably like how he felt in real life, just very exhausted with all of this, you know? Like, you, you, you really see that in uh, Loomis's face here. He's just, he's just like, seriously, we're going to have to go through this shit again? He's like, uh, hell yeah, I don't yeah. have to work for Carpenter again, just different director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting, too, because he comes to the t- police department and he starts bringing up um, that, that Michael's back. And there, there's a part of the audience that's wondering, shouldn't they take him seriously? He's been right about this twice before, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like when he's but, in the office. Or- but the, the inverse of that is they actually do take him seriously, especially when they yeah. realize that the phone lines are out. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be fair, they do take him seriously pretty quick, actually. Yeah, which is a complete inverse from the original movie and everything. So in many ways, it does feel like this movie is kind of retelling the original somewhat, but also kind of not in a way. And and especially through the way that Loomis is portrayed here. I mean, yeah, and we're we're at the scene uh, with with the uh, police department, with the sheriff's department and everything, and... And I mean, he—he's just like I have seen at least six bodies between the last town and Haddonfield. It's like, look, it is Michael Myers. We need to get out of here. And then the sheriff is just like, okay, yeah, like yeah, he—he's grabbing his jacket and grabbing his shoddy, and he's going out there. So, yeah, it's nice to see Loomis actually taken seriously for a change. Yeah, he had to travel like four hours from where he was at originally. Exactly. Oh man, and then on foot. But yeah, Loomis is great in this movie. I mean, and he's on and Donald Pleasant. On, honestly, him alone is worth admission for the to this movie. But I also like uh, the character Rachel Crothers. I mean, she she is at first seems kind of one note a little bit. She's you know she's just all about Grady. She kind of yeah. she kind of acts a little dare I say bitchy ab- about Grady like. But after uh, after Grady like just kind of is out of the picture for her as far as she's concerned, uh, she she immediately starts to put her focus on uh, Jamie and their dynamic as uh, foster sisters kind of grows. And then like she she actually starts making some pretty smart decisions with uh, with Jamie and everything. And honestly, I think as far as being the new final girl here, I mean, I don't think she's half bad. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> um, in fact, you know, uh, kind of having Rachel and Jamie as as both final girls, in a sense, I think really does uh, a work for this film, and especially setting up the twist ending. Uh, but but Rachel as a character, I mean, yeah, she she does come off a, a certain way during the earlier parts of the movie, but. I feel like she does come into her own by the end. Uh, and she is also, you know, somewhat defined by her uh, relationship with her foster sister, you know? That's something that that's uh, prevalent early on in the film, actually. It absolutely is. And, I mean, 
in the end, she does show a lot of resilience in the face of uh, Myers is a, uh, uh, full on assault, especially near the end of the movie. Like, which is honestly, I think one of the better, uh, one of the better ending sequences in, uh, in this franchise, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Oh, the Corey ending. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the Corey ending. <laughs> 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 Fucking stupid. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's uh, honestly, she ends up being likable, even though she's a little snotty in the beginning and even, even hurts Jamie's feelings a little bit. I mean, in the end, she uh, shows some strength, kind, kind of uh, stands up to, to Lori's uh, example a little bit. But, I mean, there's also some other interesting characters here. Like, Grady is kind of interesting in his own right, even though he's just kind of the, the bonehead crush that Rachel is into. Oh, the stoner from Days and Confused? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he, uh, he ends up uh, getting a little, uh, a little, having a little sexy time with Kelly Meeks, the, uh, uh, the sheriff's daughter, right? Yeah, telling me he could have been a Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World. <laughs> he could have been one of the hunters. Yeah, there, there's that scene where uh, Rachel's out trick or treating with Jamie, and then uh, they go to the Meeks house, and uh, sure enough, Grady's there after uh, their date was canceled. After Rachel and his, his date were canceled, was canceled, and everything, and it's just like ooh, but it's like I mean, Kelly is just in there and just in a t-shirt and whatnot, and yeah, they get uh, they get it on a little bit. Oh, uh-huh. oh. But and then, and then she just ends up and then she just ends up being brawless for the rest of the movie, <laughs> like just in a shirt. It's like I'm just looking at Robbie. It's like there's just just free titties, just free titties, just there. You know. You know just what I'm mad about? Open, no bra whatsoever. You know what I'm mad about? We didn't get to see bear titties. I know. Yeah, well, I don't know. This movie is fine without them. If it was a Jason, if it was a Jason movie, I mean the the the, the sex scene in this movie, there's just one of them, and 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 it's actually really tame. They don't show anything. Well, well, I mean, compare that to the very first movie. I mean, it was that one was pretty tame. That's also that's know? true as well. That's so like, true. I mean that. that yeah, that that one was that one was very tame, both when it came to blood and when it came to sex. But of course, the second one went a little more all in on the nudity and the sex and whatnot. Like like we had that that uh, immortal uh, hot tub scene, right? Uh, Halloween two. Even in part five too, they have like sex in the in the straw, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In the barn. <laughs> yeah, actually, some of the sex gets a little more brazen later on in the sequels, but. Here, yeah, it's they're they're interrupted by uh, the sheriff and uh, Loomis and all of them coming after. Uh, th- that's after the curfew has been enacted. Interrupted, uh, sexy time. Yep, and of course the the sheriff Bob Meeks, he, he's just like, I know what you were doing, and next time I'll you'll be on the other end of that shotgun because he just gave him a shotgun and everything. Yeah, he's like, I can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and cool. of course you have the uh, you know you have the uh, guys in the bar that actually kind of become a little bit of a, a little bit of a lynch mob kind of, but you know, it's, it's understandable. They'd already gone through this shit 10 years ago. So they're, they're on edge and you can kind of see where Halloween kills got a lot of its, uh, in, its influence from. Yeah. This is, you watch this It's pretty much this mask is like the wish list mask of Halloween. Right? Oh, it really is. But but honestly, I was expecting somebody to start saying evil dies tonight like any second. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Robert, you compared Kills to Ford, didn't you? Back when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Because of uh, Daniel Harris's performance at the end of part four, you know? It's, yeah. a, it's a lot like Corey when he took on the, well, th- that's the shape, ends, you know? But with yep. Kills, you know, with the whole evil dies tonight thing, you know, I think that there's, oh, like, there's a clear comparison, you know, to, to Halloween 4 with the whole, the whole mob thing, right? Oh, the lynch mob thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, because uh, there's even references to part three from, like, Season of the Witch Mask. Even in 2018, the, the Season of the Witch Masks are just, like, right there in the street. Yeah, and, and that, that, that's an awesome sequence. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that, honestly, Rachel is uh, a pretty strong uh, final girl for this particular movie and everything. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. Michael! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God! Who's gonna be next? Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop it. Well, honestly, the thing about the ending, let, let's go ahead and talk about that ending. Because... While, while I, I, like I said, I do feel like it's like probably the best final 15 to 20 minutes of, uh, of any of these Halloween sequels. I don't, I don't know the, the app, the twist ending, which of course, after all is said and done after, uh, Michael has been defeated and, uh, everybody comes back to the Crothers household, uh, Miss Crothers goes up to draw a bath for Jamie, and then you get that uh, that slasher view from the original movie with the mask and everything. Yeah, and and you see a, a hand grab uh, some scissors, and then go and then you uh, they go up to Miss Crothers, and then you hear a scream. Loomis runs up the uh, Loomis runs up the stairs. And then he reviles in horror because what he sees is Jamie covered in blood with the uh, with the clown suit on, much like uh, her uncle, and uh, holding the uh, bloody uh, scissors. Now, honestly, I I get what they were trying to do here. I one hundred percent get it, and and honestly, I won't I won't act like it doesn't make this movie just a little more uh, memorable. But I don't know. I don't feel like it really 
I, I, I don't feel like that ending was really earned all that well because, I mean, other than Jamie getting the costume, I, I really don't think that there's any real buildup to her, like, having any real inclination like that, especially after having been just completely just run run around town and, and chased by this, by her madman uncle. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me that she would just, like, not even a few minutes after coming home, decide to go full on the shape like that. It's like, where did it come from? Yeah. You know, like, where in, where in Jamie's character was that ever really alluded to? I was, uh, I think I was telling you, it's like one of those Friday the 13th endings where they're weird, where the mom or the son keeps pulling somebody into the, in the water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to call it an ass pull, but uh, it, it comes dangerously close to that for me, yeah. you know? And, and I know that's probably a controversial stance to take because I, I mean, a lot of people really like this, this ending and. I mean, like you said, it, it did influence what happened with Halloween Ends. I mean, we get another kind of similar vibe with Corey and whatnot. Even uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, that ending, Wes Craven didn't like that. No. Where the mom gets pulled through the door, and obviously you can tell it's a dummy yeah, like, and, going through it. And, and then it's uh, it's we're just back in Freddy's Nightmare World. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The, the original ending was supposed to be the, the kids go off in the car, and then... The kids are jump rope singing, and then just fades out. Cut to black, right? That would have been fine, honestly. I I, I think that would have been a perfect way to end that. Yeah. And you could still have probably done a sequel, even with that. They they didn't have to sequel bait that hard. Yeah, they they actually they tried to get producers just to even see the showing, but yeah, I don't know. It took a while for it to roll out, though. Actually, but here for me, this ending feels off. You know, and well, what's even worse is they really didn't go that far into it in in the next movie. You know, yeah. I mean, part five is cool how it picks up from part four right after it. I mean, where the where yeah. they shotgun him and then he falls into the cave, right? And yeah, they put they throw dynamite in there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to watch that again. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean. It, it, is, is this ending justified? Does the script justify where it ends up there? No, it really sh should just... I think it left it with a cliffhanger more than anything, right? I, it feels like it, but I mean, what I'm saying is that, you know, did we... Was it really deserved? Was it well-deserved? Was it a deserved ending for the this movie and for this character? Because I'm not really all that convinced that, you know, Jamie had that in her. Yeah. Um, I think it's mostly just take it or leave it type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Does it make sense? Um, I don't know. Does it have to make sense? You know, I don't know. I mean, uh. I, I think maybe some it somewhat does, you know, because like uh. I said, just, just look what Jamie went through and look... Look at how broken she already was from what happened to her mom and everything. Yeah, so she's got abandonment issues, obviously. Child, yeah. Childhood trauma, too. And, and then she starts seeing Michael in her dreams and everything. Oh, dude, she saw Michael before she even saw him, right? Exactly. Like, no, she was already dealing with Michael Spector, like, even before the killings began. Yeah, there was, like, four of them that popped up in the beginning. It's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that opening was cool. It was weird. That dream sequence was weird. It really was. Where there was like four of them. I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Ash, what do you think? 
you know, I, I think that at least it would have been interesting if the series went in that direction that the ending was going in. I, I think it's a little worse that they, that, that, that they just ignored it, you know? I don't know. I mean, I know that they, they do technically address it, but I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty ballsy. It was like the, the, the thing that this movie tried to do uh, quite a bit differently. Um, and, and the movie is just goofy enough and, and I think self-aware enough that, you know, it, it, it kind of did fit with that aesthetic. And, I mean, overall, I, I think, you know, you don't really have to take it too seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, but I, I still just can't really help but feel like, I don't know, it feels almost in a way like it was kind of tacked on at the end tacked a on. little bit. Yeah, it's I know what you mean. It's like we're, we're going to need an, an ending, ending, and a lot of them are like that. A lot of them fucking change the original ending, and um, uh huh, yeah. a lot of them leave it with a, with a cliffhanger like that or with just a... I don't know. It's just something they did a lot in the 80s, too, right? It really seems that way. It really is, yeah. I mean... Like the ending to Sleepaway Camp, right? How fucking weird was that, right? No, I mean, I would say that that is an example of a movie earning its ending. Because, you know, especially in the way that, you know... I mean, you kind of knew it was Angela, but you yeah. kind of didn't. But that's that's true. But then, just turning around, then it turns out that she was had had a forced gender transition, and it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, that that's shocking, and and, and it's also shocking because of how sweet and innocent uh, Angela was throughout that movie. But here, I just don't feel like it was done as well as as Sleepaway Camp did it. I, yeah. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel the connection between the ending and what the story was saying, you know, where, where the story was going. I mm-hmm. don't, I don't feel that connection. Feel the connection. Feel, you don't feel the mask. You don't no, feel, you don't, I don't f- feel the mask. You don't feel the, the party city Walgreens mask yeah. and the, and the cheap latex. <laughs> God damn it. Now, the script for this movie, it, it's interesting because it has a little bit of parallel with uh, some recent events. This, this script was written in 11 days. Oh. And it was written in 11 days because uh, there was a writer's strike that was looming at the time. And that writer's strike before this one, would go, would, would, that would have been the uh, longest uh, strike at that point that the WGA would have gone through, which has now been... Uh, which is now uh, the recent strike, which is now over. That lasted much longer, which, by the way, solidarity with WGA. We are happy that y'all got your uh, contract that y'all negotiated and that y'all, Fuck y'all yeah. got what you wanted. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. But yeah, because of that writer's strike, I mean, I kind of feel like that's why this movie has a little bit of a goofiness to it, you know? While still trying to you know, maintain the original vibe of, you know, the original John Carpenter Halloween. Definitely. Movie. Yeah, he's probably a, another fresh director going off of Carpenter, what he just did, too. A lot of them are just going just off the, the idea of making another film, you know? Yeah. And uh, like us, I mean, some sometimes we don't know what to do when we're setting up. It's like, how do we do this, you know? But, oh, very much but so. But then we find a way to make it work, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but honestly, like, I don't think that, I mean, other than my issue with the ending, like, I don't think the script in this is bad at all, honestly. I mean, I think that it flows well enough. I mean, the, I mean, the pacing is, I mean, not the worst on in the world, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the idea of leaving it off, uh, I guess she's Jamie, or Laurie Strode's next of kin would be a... Jamie, yeah. Jamie Lloyd. Yeah, oh, yeah. And obviously, uh, Michael's trying to, you know, kill the last of the bloodline. Yeah. To, to his bloodline. Exactly. And uh, he seeks that out in part five and part four, or part six too, right? Absolutely. And the curse. Absolutely. But honestly, what I like about the script is how it kind of, it gave Michael Myers even, like, a little more intelligence, I feel. Like, he... He does a full-on assault, not just on Jamie, but on Haddonfield itself, you know? Which, I mean, obviously, that's what they were trying to go for with Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. You know, I mean, Michael Myers is this one-man force, and he brings this town to its knees every time he escapes. And here, like, he actually... You know, he it's almost like he has a, a rhyme and a reason to what he's doing. You know, like even like throwing that guy at the uh, on, on that electrical transformer and everything, yeah. you know, even that right there, like that, that shows, you know, like he actually has almost like a plan in a way, which makes you wonder. It's like, well, I mean, was he faking uh, the coma for 10 years? Was, uh -huh. he just, was he just planning his revenge this whole time? And he was just waiting for the right moment. But then he learned that he had a niece and it was just like. Well, fuck it. I'm gonna go and get my niece. That's true, and it's all about timing. That it, is, it that is true. Is. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know most of these sequences in this movie, and especially like I said, that uh, that final uh, fifteen to twenty minutes at the Crothers house. I mean, it's some pretty eerie filmmaking. I feel now the cinematography, though, I feel. You know, I mean, I, I, I do think that it's interesting how they use lighting to uh, convey nighttime here, you know, which was in, in and of itself would be kind of influential in horror and through the Halloween franchise. But honestly, sometimes I feel it feels a little too samey most of the time. You know, it doesn't really doesn't convey a whole lot of outright personality. Yeah. But like I said, the, the lighting in this movie is interesting, like especially when you go into this basement and everything, especially in the Crothers house at nighttime. But I mean, a lot of the daytime shots, though, it kind of like, like it, it was uh, filmed in a different uh, aspect ratio. And it was uh, and it feels a lot like a television movie. It feels very made for television. Sometimes. Oh, those those open cinematography shots. Yeah. I was like, dude, I've seen a lot of those in, like, fan films. I was like, dude, we can do that filming out of Castroville if which, we wanted to. Which kind of shows, once again, how influential this movie has been, especially on the fandom, especially yeah. if they're using those types of shots and as a direct homage to this movie. Yeah, that beginning, actually, the beginning of Halloween 4, and I've seen that in a lot of fan films, and that got me watching fan films more than anything. Absolutely. Just off of the idea that somebody can take another idea, an existing idea, and, and just try to make their own thing, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's cool, though. I mean, once you start watching fan films, I mean, you just start going down the list of YouTube. They just start automatically playing on their own, you know? 
Oh yeah, and honestly, there's there's a ton of them on yeah. on YouTube. Like YouTube is lousy with fan films for Halloween and Halloween. for Friday the Thirteenth. Screams. I watched a lot of those. I mean, the Halloween ones really they got me first, and then you move on to the Friday the Thirteenth, of course, you know, and then it's just like, dude. I, I can grab my own. Maybe if I had my own team, I can do something like this, you know? Absolutely. You know, and, you know, I mean, that just kind of speaks to the simplicity of, you know, Halloween's concept with Michael Myers to begin with, you know? Mm. Just the idea of an implacable man who just keeps coming at you and coming at you and coming at you and wants you dead no matter what. I mean, it, it, it's compelling, and I mean, there's a reason why it influenced the, the slasher genre like it did. Exactly. It got everybody on board. It's like, okay, what do we do, right? Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, especially all these years later, I mean, the, the passion that the fandom shows to this franchise, I mean, I do feel it's, it's a kind of unique uh, in, in horror fandom, even though, like, I won't lie, I don't really agree with... It, it's not my all-time favorite horror franchise and like I, I of course I have my issues with uh, you know Michael Myers coming back every goddamn time you know and this, hey Chucky this, comes back and this is kind of the movie that started that Jason uh, comes back that trend you know yeah a, a, after uh, Halloween 3 they all come back you know yeah but I mean the 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 fandom does have a real passion for this movie in particular and for the Cult of Thorn trilogy. And I, I won't lie. It, the Terminator comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't lie. This, these, are, these are a unique trio of movies, and this is actually a pretty decent way to start that trilogy off, right? I'm telling you, it, it's its own thing. Like we said, it's pretty much like, the, like a Tommy Jarvis thing that, you know, that you can take it or leave it. Yeah. Even though I, I would say that other than, you know, like the other than the recent trilogy, I mean, this right here was uh, for the longest time the only actual trilogy in the uh, Halloween franchise. Yeah. I remember seeing these covers at Blockbuster, man. Yeah. Like, man, that's an original cover right there. Dude. Now these now these goddamn movies are out of print. I'm pretty sure the copy you have that we're watching is out of print. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I saw Halloween 5 for going for like 50 bucks at uh, CD Exchange the other day, so... I think that may be an old Walmart release right there. Back yeah, the, I got gotcha. you. Back in the day, you know, right, yeah. Well, right around on Halloween when they do those releases. Right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. But yeah, quick, quick question, y'all. How, how does this rank as a... Uh, as a movie to watch on Halloween or around Halloween time, I mean, wh what do y'all think? Is is this like the most Halloween of all the Halloween <laughs> movies? Actually, it's pretty it's pretty popular with the uh, the AMC's uh, Fright Fest. You know, it really is. You yeah, know? it's actually around there right now too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that this is the uh, movie other than the uh, first one and maybe eighteen that truly encapsulates what Halloween as a holiday, what Halloween as a movie franchise is all about. Yeah, see, the first one, you're right. They try to go back to the beginning again, almost, and try to give us that, relive it from the first one again, almost. Although, in interestingly enough, we don't get the uh, the Jack-O-Lantern uh, intro. Yeah. We, we don't get that. No. We, we just get uh, shots of Haddonfield. Yeah, we just get those shots of uh, the countryside of, yeah. of Haddonfield. But yeah, I feel like this uh, this is the one movie that encap that encapsulates the holiday probably just as much if not more so than uh than the first movie and the third movie. 
Like, I think that the third movie is uh, even more Halloween as a uh, as a holiday than anything. You know, like I mean, for fuck's sake, it's centered around you know Halloween masks and shit. But they were trying to push their three products out, right? Yeah, exactly. But here, it's like you really just kind of get it all, you know, when it comes to Halloween as a movie and Halloween as a holiday. Hell yeah. But another final question. Uh, how do you think this movie uh, ranks among the rest of the franchise? Um, I think it belongs. How does it rank against it? You know, I, against the against the other entries in the movie in this franchise. It's its own universe too. I, I think it belongs right there too with its own timeline. Absolutely. Just so you can have fun watching them again and again, right? Like, yeah, and it, it it is very very watchable. You know, it, it, it's very watchable. Yeah, like automatically when I'm watching four, I just want to go straight to five and then six again, you know? Yeah, I mean, it it does. I mean, other than the whole thing with uh, Jamie uh, and becoming a new shape or whatever, I mean, it does have a pretty interesting uh, trajectory throughout the other two movies. But then uh, I was telling you the the cover of the, the, the cover, the one they sold it, Right, the original cover, it looks like shots of the original film, right? Like, yeah, yeah, they, they have the original mask I'm from, like, there's from the first movie. Exactly, and then the house in the background, that's the house he stalked from the part one. Yeah, but we don't get that here, right? Like, this, the mask we get in this movie is a travesty. No, we get the Fisher-Price version, the McDonald's version, <laughs> <laughs> with a kid's meal. It, 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 it's, <laughs> like, it's like the Halloween mask on Wish. Yeah, it's the wish mask, man. <laughs> it's like it's exactly what it is. Ash, what do you think? Where does this movie rank amongst the uh, the other Halloween movies that you've seen? You know, I think this one is uh, on the upper half of the list. It, it, it's it's not a bad movie. I, I I actually did enjoy it, and again, I I think the fact yeah, that man. it doesn't take itself so seriously really helps. You know, and 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 I will say. If we do have to do another Michael Myers story, at, at least the most interesting jumping off point would probably be the Thorn timeline. But Absolutely. I mean, maybe if they bring back yeah. Paul Rudd. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Rudd. man! I always said that too, man. Dude, Paul he Rudd. he still looks the same that like he did in the the Halloween Six. So, dude, bring back Daniel Harris and bring back Paul Rudd. Uh huh. That's perfect. There you there, go. There, there you have it. <laughs> Actually, technically, Daniel Harris's character died in part six, but it oh, wasn't Daniel Harris. That's yeah. right. They did yeah. kill her character off, yeah. didn't they? Fuck. Yeah. They, they did. And they, yeah. he, they took the baby and they killed her off. Yeah, yeah. that's right. They did. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if, you, if, if you have to do another Michael Myers story, and, I mean, what else are they going to do? Reboot it again? Um <laughs> Start after yeah, resurrection. Right? <laughs> Rob Zombie three. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, we we thought about this a lot. <laughs> I don't know with the with the movie rights uh, up in the air. Anything, anything possible, possible? I guess. And John John Carpenter says, "Hey, just keep making me money, right?" Yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> he's just like cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. It's like it's like uh, salary earning noises. Dude, he hasn't directed anything in twenty years, almost. He's still making money off of it, and he still yeah. makes music and whatnot. And he's he's there's a talk of him coming up with another movie right now, him coming out and directing again. That that would be awesome. I'd, I'd like to see what happens 
But anyways, I guess we'll go ahead and get into our final thoughts here. Uh, Ash, what are your final thoughts on this movie? Um, yeah, it's a fun time. It's a good stoner Halloween movie. And I think that this movie does sort of uh, encapsulate uh, what makes Halloween Halloween. And it is a good representation of the franchise. I mean, I think the Halloween movie of all Halloween movies would be the original. I don't think anybody questions that. Um, But uh, this would be another good choice. And, uh, yeah, I I think all around it's just a good time. It's... uh, you know, not trying to be anything it's not. Um, I love that the uh, the mask changes to the blonde Ben Tramer mask just uh, <laughs> in the middle of the movie. I think that, that, that that's, that's actually pretty cool. I like it. It gives this movie character. Absolutely. Ben Tramer lives, right? <laughs> Gets his revenge. <laughs> ben Tramer's revenge. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean... Just the way they did Ben Tramer is just so wrong, man. They did him wrong. Uh-huh. I mean, remember, I mean, what what was it? It was a uh it, it was a car accident. It, it was a goddamn cop car. But anyway, uh Robert stepped out for a second, so I I'll, I'll go ahead and give my final thoughts. Like I said, I think that this movie is honestly out of all of the uh Halloween uh sequels, this really isn't the worst out of all of them. It's honestly infinitely the most watchable out of all of them i i do like jamie lloyd as a character i've like i've i feel that daniel harris gave a very emotional performance uh there that really made you just you know just root for jamie the whole time and that that's another reason why i think the the twist ending is a little bit of an ass pull because i think that it just betrays her character a little too much but i mean i think that you know it, it's really got a good, fun vibe to it. It encapsulates Halloween as a holiday and also Halloween as a movie franchise. So I kind of feel like, you know, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see why people like to go back and rewatch this particular iteration of the story. I can totally see why. I, I can see why the fandom loves it. And, you know, my reservations from it uh, notwithstanding... Yeah, I, I I could definitely watch this again over and over even. Yeah, I'm I'm on a lot of Halloween uh group sites on uh Facebook. Uh huh. And they always go back and watch four and five. Yeah, those are like uh the uh fan favorites more or less. Yeah. Ash, uh, Robert, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts is that. You know, this isn't a bad movie. To me. I, I grew up off the VHS originals off of these, and uh, I, I had to watch them, you know, like one right after the other, especially with the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, you know. It's like, it's, yeah. just, it's just something we do, right? guess when we nerd out off of it, but um, four... A lot better than three, right? <laughs> oh, three is its own unique. It's thing. its own universe. Yeah, we established yeah. that. It's its own universe, and, and that's become a cult uh, classic in its own right. Yeah, and, and I do have that. Just and I did have the VHS off of that, but yeah, for some reason, my dad told me never to watch part three. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was uh, one of some of the original fans at that time who were really put off by the fact that there was no Michael Myers in Halloween Three. Yeah, we we straight up skipped over that man, like, and then we've continued the the series, the franchise, and 
I didn't see part three until later. It's like, okay, now we finally watch it. Now we haven't watched them. We watched everything else, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you're just like, hey, this is, actually isn't half bad. It's like when you watch it a few times, it's like, holy crap. Yeah. These masks are like possessed or something, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's that chant that goes on the TV. And then they're selling the original idea from part one. Like it's, going to the movies right remember that? yeah yeah that was weird i was like what the fuck is this a movie inside part three <laughs> yeah that's right they showed uh, halloween uh very briefly in halloween three yeah that was like a trailer at a bar scene at a bar sequence right yeah exactly but yeah i guess those are our uh, thoughts on halloween for the return of michael myers uh this has been a fun halloween right guys hell yeah Oh, yeah. Even though it's not Halloween yet for us now. Yeah, we got a whole month, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we practically have the full month until then. Like, I, I think it's September 30th today, so. Basically October Eve, so. Yeah, yeah, it's practically October already. Yeah. So that's why we're just going ahead and getting them done now. And we're going to fill that fall pretty soon, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, Ash, what's going on with Collateral Gaming? So we are running a little bit late getting our, um, well, as of the time of recording this, but hopefully by the time this is out, this won't be an issue. But uh, we've been a little bit late getting our season premiere out. That was supposed to be done in September, but um, it, part one is recorded and we will be recording part two soon. So hopefully we should catch up before um, we bleed too much into our October content. Uh, but we are covering Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales as our season premiere. And then for October, Spooky Month, um, by this time we should have our episodes out on uh, Dino Crisis and Resident Evil 3. And then our Halloween special, released on Halloween Day, uh, is set to be Silent Hill 4. So that's what you have to look forward to. Um, obviously, we'll try to throw it together some kind of... Uh, a Halloween uh, bonus round content as well. Uh, I actually was kind of interested in doing something with the Friday the 13th game uh, since Friday the 13th does fall on this month. So, uh, yeah, but didn't they didn't they close yeah. their servers recently? Yeah, my brother's now playing the the Texas Chainsaw oh, Massacre. Oh no, Andy. they closed their yeah. servers. Oh well, they did. Uh, yeah, is it single player? Is there a way to? Is there a single player mode? Like, is there? You're you're the one who has the game. It's uh, it's basically an online game, bro. Oh well. All right. Shit. Well, we may yeah. have to scrap that idea, but we'll it. figure something else out. Uh, and then uh, we are going to be doing Spider-Man Two, uh, November. So part one will be a spoiler-free review, and then part two will be the full spoiler review. And I'm really excited about it. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And on Collateral Cinema by. By this point, we would have already released our Freddy vs. Jason episode and our uh, episode on uh, the anthology movie Trick or Treat. So uh, if you haven't listened to that uh, by now, go ahead and go listen to those. Uh, and then in November, we will be doing the all-time classic raunchy midnight movie uh, Pink Flamingos by John Waters. I'm looking forward to torturing you guys with that movie. That's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we'll be doing our annual Thanksgiving tradition of featuring uh, a Rocky movie, which we'll be doing Rocky Three this year. And we'll be joined by Derek from uh, Ratchet Book Club and Hindsight uh, Film Reviews on that one. So 
yeah, that that's what will be coming up in uh, November. So, uh, yeah, by now our first season will be underway. So uh, thank you for listening. You can find uh, Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming on Facebook, on Instagram, and on uh, that Bird app, I guess. I don't know if it's a Bird app or an <laughs> X app anymore, but... Uh, yeah, you, you can find us there. And also uh, look for us and uh, support us on our Patreon where you can uh, find uh, full-length movie uh, commentary. And we're going to start uh, we're going to start releasing uh, more content. I mean, we still have a Morbius episode, Ash, a Morbius commentary that still needs to go up, Ash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I think when we get the uh, season underway, I'm going to start uh, uploading the episodes uh, before we release them, like a few, at least a few days before. So once we get into the uh, into the uh, swing of releasing episodes, I'm going to start doing that. So uh, become a patron there for uh, $5. Also, uh, throw us $5 on uh, Buy Me a Coffee and also on our Podbean patron uh, account. So, uh, yeah, check all those out. And uh, also, same with uh, Collateral Gaming, right? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, find them, find them on Patreon. Uh, help us support our podcast, people. Uh, we, we've been doing this for a while now. We Almost would, 10 years. Yeah, we would like to so actually... Throw a donation, yeah, <laughs> you cheap fucks. <laughs> yeah, you cheap bastards. Th- throw us some money, you, you bastards. Cheap, you cheap motherfuckers. Oh, sir. Like, e- even if you're overseas, I mean, I'm sure you can exchange the currency somehow. But, yeah, and also uh, check out our merch uh, store on Spreadshirt. Uh, you can find uh, all kinds of collateral uh, cinema gear, and we'll probably start putting collateral gaming yes. uh, gear up there as well. Some sweet swag. So uh, look for us on Spreadshirt as well. And yeah, we hope that you've had a blast listening to our Halloween episode. We will have our Halloween director's cut episode released. Uh, I think uh, we released. We're gonna. By this point, like we're going to release it uh, the night before Halloween, so by this point uh, that would have been out, and we're doing Nailgun Massacre on that episode. So uh, definitely look for that. We're getting into some fun '80s uh, exploitation, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think Ash has seen Nailgun Massacre yet. No, no. yeah, uh, it's on YouTube. So you, it's on YouTube for free, so you can totally watch it there. Uh, and uh, we're also going to have Texas Sundown finished very soon. We're going to have that released. So, uh, yeah, look for our upcoming short film, Texas Sundown, a collateral media production written uh, by Robert Ortegon and uh, shot by uh, me and Jesse Ortegon. All of us. Yeah, it, it was made by all of us. It was a group effort, right? It took a while. It, it took a minute. Well, we all did it. Yeah. We all had a hand in it. We all did, man. Duh. Yeah. So coming up to the final moments, filming that actually was like, okay, now it's all done, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Good feeling. But all right. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. I am Scary Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Oregon. Bazano. <laughs> and I'm Ashley Chancellor. Yes. And... Ladies and gentlemen, support your uh, support your striking actors and auto workers. 
Happy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Have a spooktacular Halloween. Happy Halloween. Laters. <laughs>